It's time for the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Michael is a speaker, author of two best-selling books, and the president of three financial companies. He's also a frequent guest on national media outlets such as CNBC, Fox Business, and Bloomberg. His passion is to help you live well in retirement. This is the Wealth and Health Show. Welcome in, everyone, to the Wealth and Health Show. I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're joined today with a special guest, Earl Stewart from Earl Stewart Toyota. And it's going to be a great show. We're going to talk about a lot of different things, not only in the fun, in the automotive industry, but also in business in general. But Earl, welcome to the show. Well, Michael, it's an honor to be asked to be on your show. I look forward to it very much. Going to be fun. Danny's joining us today as well. Danny, thanks again for sitting in. Thank you, Michael. Always love being on the show. And if you haven't heard us before, folks, we're really the only show in America that really ties in not only health, but also the wealth side of life. Our goal is to interview different entrepreneurs, successful business owners, many of which you've heard, and some of the neat guests we have not only today, but upcoming, sharing their stories of how they've become successful, some of the things that we've seen that's allowed them the ability to kind of rise above the competition. And in my opinion, the whole goal and the focus of everything that we're doing is really to try and help the folks that are listening to this show live well in retirement, live well in any economy. And that's kind of the goal here. You know, I wanted to start out a little bit, Earl, today and just kind of talk about your story, you know, just kind of where you came from, how you got in the industry. Obviously, you have a fairly large Toyota. I'll let you share your story there. You know it better than I. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about where Earl Stewart came from. Well, I, I kind of got into the car business by accident. I wanted to be a physicist, actually. I attended the University of Florida, majored in physics and mathematics, and got my bachelor's degree there, my master's at Purdue. And then I went to work for an electronic firm at Westinghouse Electric Corporation at the time. I was an electronics engineer. My father happened to be a car dealer. He started his Pontiac dealership in West Palm Beach, Florida in 1937. And I really had no interest in the business. So after a few years as an electronics engineer, my father was retiring and he said, why don't you give this a try? I'd just been promoted with Westinghouse and they were transferring me to Pittsburgh, which I wasn't thrilled about. And neither <laughs> Going was back my up wife. to the cold, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. I figured, and my wife was unhappy with uh, the North. So uh, we said, let's give it a try. And I fell in love with the car business. 1968 is when I came in with my father hmm. and we proceeded from there, grew and one time I had several dealerships and other businesses, as a matter of fact, but it was love at first sight with me in the automobile business. Now, was he at the time, initially, you were saying Pontiacs, I believe, right? Was it just yeah. Pontiacs or did you guys branch initially to other brands or how did that all? It was only Pontiac at the time. Oh, wow. Okay. Just, just Stuart Pontiac and West Palm Beach. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so grew in there and, and connected with your dad. How is that, by the way, kind of working with your father? He had a business, you know, you were, you know, doing engineering, some other things, weren't sure exactly, and then jumped into the car business. Now working with your dad that had started the business and continued on, what did that look like as far as you plugging in and kind of working with him? What did you see there as far as some challenges, but some good things at the same time? The car business is interesting because it's one of the few family type businesses left. There, It's still uh, larger firms are taking over, but we still have a lot of father, son, father, daughter, mother, daughter kind of uh, companies. And it's nice to have those around. I was worried about it, frankly. I mean, your father is a power <laughs> figure in your life. Yeah. And my father was wise enough to realize, and I know a lot of fathers aren't that wise, to let me make my own mistakes mm. and give me my uh, head, let me kind of uh, do what I, what I want to do, learn from making mistakes. And, and he did. He really laid back and let me learn the business that way. And my sons are in the business with me now. I respected my, what my father did with me so much that I've tried to let them 
operate the same way, learn from doing instead of me being a micromanager. Yeah, I'll tell you, that's a great point. And, you know, one of the quotes that I love is uh, there's a quote from Jim Rohn. It says, when it's raining, it's too late to fix the roof. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's the idea of kind of preparing for things in advance. I know, Earl, you know, one of the things that we have done over the years is really connect with clients, manage their wealth and help them do well in any economy. And we find that preparing in advance makes sense. I love the idea. You know, I grew up, my father had a heating and air conditioning business and I worked with him for some time doing that. So I had a great appreciation for the trades, so to speak. And although I chose a different path or was kind of a different course for my life, you know, he kind of had that same realization. What kind of freedom that give you when you knew that your father was committed to really allowing you to kind of, quote unquote, make those mistakes? Because I think most entrepreneurs, by the way, folks, if you're out there and you're not an entrepreneur, you're starting a business or you own a business, you know, if you're honest with yourself, if you do own a business, the only way to become successful is to fail first. And you got to fail hopefully quick, learn from it and move on. And and I think at a young age, your father allowing you to do that, what did you see that really a great benefit? Did it give you a lot of uh, encouragement? Did it give you a lot of confidence? What did you see come from that at all? Well, being the son of a father in a business is a handicap right there because <laughs> uh, you're the kid. And uh, what my father would do is he would, by letting me do what I felt was right and make mistakes. Uh, no one would go around me as mm-hmm. I rose in responsibility. If they came to my father and, and asked questions, that's not my decision. It's Earl's decision. Mm. And of course, my father's name was Earl too, but that's mm. not true. <laughs> but, uh, not quite like my other brother, Earl, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A little different. So they learned quickly, the employees learned quickly that I really was the boss. I rose in the ranks. I didn't start there. I started selling used cars and and learning the business from the ground up. But as I rose in the business, they respected the fact that I really had the power. And I've told my sons the same thing. They said, how do we get the respect of the employees? I said, you act like you're the boss and Mm -hmm. you proceed as if you're boss and then you know you have my total backing. Mm -hmm. So I backed them totally and my father backed me totally, which I find is kind of unique. There are a lot of family businesses that are not that way. And I know a lot lot of car dealerships where the second or third generation just never measured up to the first generation. Mm -hmm. You see that a lot. I know, Danny, a lot of the things like with Wall Laster and company, the company that we've connected on, obviously, in saving taxes and for higher net worth clients, we see a lot of that where, you know, business owners don't always go. You know, it's the old rule that, you know, when they go into the second and third generation, oftentimes they die. Have Mm -hmm. you seen that to some degree as well, Danny, as far as not handing the torch over correctly? Absolutely, Mike. And that's, you know, a lot of times too with family. In Earl's instance, it's seems like, you know, the family torch has just, you know, been passed along and they've been able to learn in the proper way. However, you know, you're right. You're absolutely right that sometimes, you know, mistakes happen and we see that a lot in our line of business. But, you know, the way his philosophy and how he's able to, you know, just hand over the reins and let them make their mistakes and have the control kind of allows them to you know, move along from those mistakes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and at any time, if folks, if you have questions about Earl or his story or a little bit about what they do, Earl, why don't you give the folks, where can they go to find out a little bit more about you? Well, I have a blog that I've been doing for about 10 years. It's earloncars.com, www.earloncars.com. If you go to that, I've, every blog I've written in the past 10 years is there. It's pretty much my philosophy. I, I put all of that together into a book called Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. <laughs> and uh, so if you want to read all my blogs kind of simultaneously, you can buy that on Amazon. It's available at Amazon.com, Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Confessions of a Recovering Car Dealer. Love it. <laughs> That's great. And now, don't the proceeds of that go to a particular charity, do they not? Exactly. All proceeds go to charity. It happens to be the Big Dog Ranch Rescue, which is my pet charity. No pun intended. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> 
So you buy that on Amazon 100%, not just a piece, but 100% of the revenue from every book sold. That's great. And thanks for bringing that up, Danny, because I'll tell you, you know, that really, you know, folks, in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about pitfalls, but then also later on in the show, we're going to talk about core values and some different things. And and I think that's important, you know, in building a business and, and kind of implementing those things that matter to you, kind of sticking to those things. You know, sometimes you've probably experienced it where in business, Earl, there's been times where you've had the opportunity to kind of make this decision or that, you know, choose door one or number two, so to speak. And door number one being the ethical one isn't necessarily the one always initially that you know right away you're going to have great rewards through that door, but you want to pick that because it makes sense long-term for what's yes. best in the business, isn't that? I mean, what have you seen as far as benefits that way, as far as choosing to do things correctly as time's moved along? Well, I evolved to where I am. That's the, the title of my book, Confessions of Recovery Car Dealer. <laughs> when I came in the car business, what is right and what is wrong, I guess this is true in any business, isn't always really apparent. I mean, mm. Methods and processes are established. And when everybody does the same thing, you've heard that excuse, why did you do that? Because everybody does it that way. Mm. And that's a terrible way to manage, a terrible way to run a business. But you learn slowly. And people ask me all the time, what really made you realize that you had to change the way you were doing business? I never really know exactly what to say because it evolved over many years. Mm. But yes, I've learned over many years that the customers are so important that if you truly throw out the book and just do everything that what your heart tells you, what your logic really tells you what's right, mm -hmm. and you do that, you develop that reputation, you build that brand, it really works. The hardest thing, everybody knows that, but the hardest thing to do is to execute that plan. So I'd say I've been on the right track for probably 15 years. Mm -hmm. You know, it's amazing. And what kind of sparks in my mind when you say that, Earl, is the old definition of insanity. Remember that? Keep doing the same thing and expecting different yes. results. And, yeah. you know, I, I know even in our business, one of the things that we've done to keep that level of services stayed boutique you know, limited the amount of, really do the math around our time because we know we can only service so many in what we do. So every business is a little bit different. And, and I think it's neat to see from the outside. I know we've heard a lot of positive report, even just from different folks in the area that have said, hey, oh yeah, I know him or I know him. And, you know, there's good feedback and good response from it. And I know you've probably seen that over the years as well. You've known Earl a little bit longer, haven't you, Danny? I've been blessed to know Earl for a very <laughs> long time. My father and him actually were in the same high school. Wow. And when my dad had a bigger, a larger, boat. We used to keep our boats together and we're very good friends, good fishing buddies. And he has always helped. As you know, I sit on the board for the Big Dog Ranch Rescue and he's always been very supportive and donating, you know, from trips on his boat to just about everything and cars, everything to the Big Dog Ranch, which has been, you know, true to my heart. So he's a wonderful guy in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, that's what matters. And, you know, true character shines through in, in what you do and it overflows in your life. And so that's important. I love the quote that I'm going to share with you coming back. I'm, I'm going to kind of leave it as a little snippet for the next segment. But when we come back, we're going to talk about pitfalls for business owners to avoid, as well as some other really positive things. There's going to be a great quote that I'm going to share. You're not going to want to miss this. So hang tight with us after the break. We'll be right back and we'll look forward to talking with you soon. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients. 
to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com. And to see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review, call toll-free 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back into The Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're here joined in studio with a special guest, Earl Stewart of Earl Stewart Toyota. And we're talking about successful businesses. We're also talking about, you know, how to achieve success in business as well as some pitfalls to avoid. You know, the quote that I was mentioning you about last segment that I was going to share, which I love, and Earl, I don't know if you've heard this one before. I love it. I'm a big fan of Zig Ziglar. I've listened to Zig year Mm -hmm. over year over year. You know, my story, I kind of started, I sold books door to door in the summertime. I did it for three years before I kind of figured out what I wanted to do in life, you know, and then Mm -hmm. of course, you know, one started the first financial company that we have. And the quote that I love is the elevator to the top. The elevator to the top is always broken. You have to take the stairs. And I think, you know, it's so unfortunate today that there's too many people that wake up and they don't want to go through the process of becoming successful. Champions are not made on feather beds. You know, I love that quote. It's the idea of, you know, you get knocked down, but you go back into the ring and you, and you go one more round. And, and you don't have to necessarily look to the future three, four, five, 10, 15, 20 years from now, but just that next round and having that focus. And that's where we find that, you know, that success comes from taking the stairs. And, and unfortunately, in today's world, we live in such a culture of, you know, tweets and Instagram and Facebook and, you know, Twitter, really, I should say, and all these different things where, you know, it's such a social world. You see people that really have brought no value to society being elevated as though they're celebrities because they, you know, they are and they have a following and unfortunately are speaking to, you know, the way people should and shouldn't live life. And I I tell you, that's just something that irks me kind of deep down because I know the steps and process that I've gone through. And I know probably Earl yourself. What's your thought on that as far as, you know, taking the long road. Success is not, it's kind of boring, isn't it? I mean, it can be sometimes. It's fun if you enjoy it, but it's not something where, you know, you just show up one day, you work today and tomorrow you're ultra successful. I mean, it's a laborious process over time. What have you seen, Earl, with your, you know, success over the years? Well, I think what has made me what I am today have been my failures really more than my success. The hardest things that I've ever done, the scariest things I've ever done have made me what I am today. I tell my sons when we're you know, we're talking about making management decisions and changes, uh, important changes, I say, you know, if it doesn't scare you to death, it's probably not even worth trying. <laughs> I love it, yeah. You have to be willing to fail. There was a blanking on the name of a woman, Danny might remember her name, but she does Spanx. She's the CEO of Spanx that amazingly successful company, S-P-A-N-X. And she said that when she was a child growing up at the dinner table, that her father required that all the children at the table in the conversation tell once a week they had to say something they failed at. Hmm. Because you do really learn more from your failures. Does so, Jan Singer ring a bell? That's it. Yeah, and, yeah. And she's a billionaire today, mm-hmm. self-made, totally self-made. And she's uh, even joined Warren Buffett's the group that has uh, donated half of her net worth to charity. Mm-hmm. So she's not only an amazingly successful woman and very smart, but she's also very generous. Yeah, and I noticed, you know, the company was only founded in 2000. It's interesting, you know, today, that's really the beauty of the world we live in today. I remember, you know, I mentioned that when I kind of got my start, I sold books door to door. I went to Liberty is where I went to college. And in the summer times, I sold books door to door. 
which I would highly recommend, by the way, any parents out there listening and you have children that are growing up, it's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. 80 hours a week, knocking door to door. But you <laughs> you learn a lot of life lessons yeah. about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> about yourself. But the interesting thing is in today's culture, in today's world, you know, it's really a place where, you know, you can go from starting a company and 15 years later, it'd be a, you know, a multi-billionaire, so to speak, in a pretty short period of time. So uh, naysayers out there, so to speak, or Ned negatives out there. I remember waking up when we were on the book field, they always used to say, you got to brush off that Ned negative off yeah. your shoulder. You know, you wake up every day. It's almost a brainwashing philosophy. I will succeed today, you know, and that sort of thing. So I think that's a great story there and sharing those failures because no one that's successful has done it perfectly, have they? No, very few people that I know. In fact, the ones that say they do, they're probably lying. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's uh, right. No, I have failed many times. Here's an interesting little nugget. Probably my biggest failure was 30 years ago when I made my Pontiac dealership a one-price store. It was ahead of its time and ahead of the consumer's time and there are a lot of things that just didn't fit. And it was really a financial tragedy for me. And now probably the thing that has moved me forth in the marketplace today is I've done the same thing and it scared me to death. Mm. And the first time it scared me and I was right to be scared because I had to change and go back to the negotiation process in my Pontiac dealership. And then 30 years later, I said, well, it's time. And mm -hmm. we did it again in the Toyota dealership. One price. We don't negotiate on our cars. We put our lowest price on every car. And we're one of the very few car dealerships in the country that does that. And we dominate our marketplace. We're number one in the market, not just for Toyota, but for all brands. We're the number one volume single point car dealership between Orlando and Fort Lauderdale. Mm. Wow, that's awesome. And, you know, it's something where you have an ideal and a philosophy and you stick to it. You know, and folks, if you're listening out there, that's one thing, you know, I call it and I love because it really came from Zig, so I can't take the credit. But he, he talks about the idea of a lot of folks out there in life today, unfortunately, are wondering generalities. You know, they're just kind of bouncing from here to there. If you've ever played pinball, you know, you start that ball on the right side and you got your little flippers to kind of keep I love bouncing. pinball. <laughs> you got it. I'm sure you got a pinball machine at the dealership. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I need to come check it out myself. When I was a kid, I got kicked out of the Carefree Theater on South Dixie Highway in West Palm Beach because I would tilt the pinball <laughs> So I used to cheat back in those days, so that's the reason I'm a recovering car dealer. Yeah, yeah. you learned from that, right? Yes. <laughs> but really, I mean, most folks out there, I mean, it is a fun game, but when you think about it in life, right? I mean, a lot of people just bounce from idea to idea to idea, and, you know, it takes three, four, five, seven years to really master something. A lot of time, a lot of effort. And unfortunately, you know, people just go here and there. They don't really create a skill. Have you seen that with the generation today? What do you see there that's different? I mean, obviously you come from your father working hard, carrying the torch and kind of passing it along, you making your mistakes, moving along. And now you see the younger generation. Obviously you've taught your son some great things, yes. but just in general, what, what do you see out there? The hardest thing for me to find in the young people today is someone with the fundamentals. I tell young people when I interview them, I say, you'd be surprised how easy it is to be successful in theory. All you have to do is come to work on time, give your employer eight hours work for eight hours pay, maybe stay over a little late, do things that he doesn't ask you to do, do a little bit extra all the time and work hard. Find something that you love to do, of course, and that's one of the biggest problems that people can't find. It's not easier said than done, by the way. But I spoke to a high school in Delray and we had I had 500 vocational students in there for mechanical and collision repair, automotive. And, and I told them, I said, if you can do what I just said, if you can work hard, have that work ethic, have that attitude, you're in the top 1% right away and employers will beat a path to your door. Mm -hmm. uh, employers can't find people like that. 
That's right. I know, Danny, you worked for Gunster a little while back here, obviously in the area before we connected and felt that it made sense. And you've probably seen that. I mean, as far as just applying for a large law firm, different companies. And what do you see, I mean, as far as going to the table there? I mean, obviously you have to really live by those principles, right? I mean, you've seen that. I can absolutely understand what Earl's saying from, you know, firsthand perspective over here. I went to law school. I wanted to be a lawyer. I wasn't sure why. And I ended up working at a wonderful law firm. And I still, to this day, have great connections over there love them to death, but that wasn't my calling. You know, I always worked hard, always had a great attitude, but doing what you love is big too. And that's why, you know, I wanted to help people and be able to help save people money. And that's, you know, why I'm here today. But it's, I absolutely 100% agree with what Earl's saying. I love the quote, another quote, and I'm a big quote guy. I, I listen to a lot of motivational stuff. I mean, it's just hardwired, I guess, within me because I've been listening to it for years. And I started listening to this stuff probably when I was, oh, geez, it's been at least 20 years, you know, just repetitively because it's fuel really for me. You know, I shut the noise out. I don't watch news. I don't really care about all that stuff. Not that I don't care about what's going on, but you know, what happens is folks, we live life sometimes and we can get inundated with all of this bad news and our brain will take anything we want to put in it you know, and really focus on it. So if we put negative in, it's going to focus on the negative. It's going to stew on that. You know, you're listening to negative talk radio and then you go home and you're watching the news and there's not too many positive stories on the news and your brain will just stew on that all mm. night long. And I guarantee you're going to wake up a little bit more negative than you did the day before instead right. of listening to positive, right? Have you seen that in your life, Earl? There's a, not on Facebook, there's an internet thing called The Daily Motivator. It was put out by a man named Ralph Marston. A customer put me onto that about 20 years ago. In fact, I'll copy you and Danny with it. Mm -hmm. And I start every day with The Daily Motivator. It not only has a motivating tip, but it does it with music background and pictures. And, and you can sit there and kind of go into a trance for uh, 45 <laughs> seconds. And it really pumps you up. And I yeah. come up with something new. Every now and then you get one that just hits you between the eyes. Mm. When I get one that really grabs me, I'll even post it on my Facebook page and share it with all my Facebook friends. Yeah, and that's important, really adding value. You know, one of the things we were talking about this segment, we're kind of doing it contrarily, I guess, and from a different approach, but pitfalls for business owners to avoid. And I guess some of the things folk were discussing here is the idea of what you can do to avoid those pitfalls. And that is, you know, don't wait till you get down to motivational stuff. Do it while you're up, stay up and all that. I love this quote, and that is this. And it kind of goes to what you had said about doing the right thing, putting in the effort and all that. And that is unspectacular preparation precedes spectacular performance. Mm -hmm. Now think about that. You know, when we sit there, if you sit there on Sunday and you watch a football game or baseball or whatever sport you like, and you see that athlete on the field, you are seeing the tip of the iceberg. You're not seeing all the preparation in advance that was put in. You know, one of the things we've been blessed to have the opportunity to share thoughts on different media, Earl, you know, from CNBC to Fox, whatever. And one of the things is a lot of people I'll run into that I grew up with and they see me like, oh, wow, Mike, I saw you here, there, or wherever. But what they don't realize is there's been 14 or 15 years of preparation that's been put in there that no one did see, you know, living beneath our means and saving money and, and putting back into the business and putting back in to get us to the place now where we can really help clients to live well in any economy serve people well and, and have that stage. And I know you've probably seen that as time's moved along in your business as well, kind of saying no to you for the benefit of the future business. What have you seen there? Well, I think what you said is really impressive about living beneath your means. You know, you always, if you take a modest way of advancing in life, pretty soon you're successful enough where you've reached a point where you can still live below your means. It lets you sleep well at night. I mean, right. you have to, when you stretch yourself and put yourself out too much, you don't sleep well at night, you worry about too many things. You need to be comfortable. 
Right. I mean, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day about people don't seem to save anymore. People mm-hmm. don't save and invest. You need that cushion because it's not just a financial cushion. It's a psychological cushion. Mm-hmm. When you wake up and you wonder what's going to happen to me today, am I going to survive financially? You can't focus on your business very well. It's your peace of mind account, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, that folks, next segment, we're going to be discussing important values and core values that you need to have that will drive your business. There's a few things that are absolutely crucial, regardless of the business you're in, that you need to implement, you need to have in your business and what you do as part of your DNA to really drive and fuel that success. Stay tuned. Don't miss it. You're listening to The Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351-866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome back in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're discussing in this segment the idea of core values that you need to have to really drive success in your business. We're we're blessed to have Earl Stewart from Earl Stewart Toyota in studio with us today, just kind of sharing and chatting about some of these things. And by the way, folks, if at any time you have questions about the show or questions about us, etc., feel free to go ahead to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com. That'll give you a little bit of an overview of who we are as far as the three different companies, how we service clients and that sort of thing. And if you have a question, feel free to also to email it to info at leanonthewall.com. Again, we're here with Earl Stewart, and we're talking about a successful business. He's been in business for quite some time, kind of took the reins from his dad, but learned through failures, and, and it's really become a great success as time's moved along. And we're talking now about core values and core values that really drive your business, drive what you do. And I know that's important. You know, I think every business owner that I've interacted with myself included for the three different companies that we're part of. Habits are important, right? I mean, habits don't just come naturally. It's something that we kind of almost have to, you know, if you have a bucket, you can fill that bucket with whatever you want to fill it with. And it's kind of like your life, right? I mean, we can fill that with anything we want to fill it with. We can fill it with cyanide or we can fill it with water. And, and you know, the last thing we want to be doing is obviously having a three quarters full of water and a little bit of poison in the end. So we want to try and make sure that we're putting in positive things and really implementing positive habits in our life because the importance of good habits and a good daily routine is what's going to really help propel you to success in life. If you're already a business owner and you're ultra successful, obviously, hopefully the goal is to even move farther. So we want to strive to do that. I know you have a little thing in your business, Earl, that you call the Earl Stewart Code. Tell us a little bit about that and what that means. As I evolved to what I am today, I look back and I suddenly realized there were certain principles I found myself repeating over and over, but I'd never memorialized them. So I memorialized them and kind of combined a few, but they're essentially it's the way we treat our customers. They're kind of radical and we talk about this all the time with new employees, with uh, older employees. An example, uh, the number one is it isn't important whether the customer is right or wrong. It's whether the customer believes they're right or wrong. So we empower every employee to do what's right about the customer. I copied this from Ritz Carlton. 
Great book, The Gold Standard. Exactly. Yeah. And except we don't put a dollar limit on ours. We allow any employee, I have 148 employees right now, and any one of them can spend anything they want to make a customer happy. I don't have a problem with people spending too much money on the customers. I have a problem with my people believing they really can do this. Mm. So we constantly encourage. So if a customer thinks they're right, even though they're wrong, we do whatever we need to do to make that customer happy. It's that type of thing. And as I say, there are 10 of those, mm-hmm. and they're radical. People say that I'm mentally ill when it comes to customer <laughs> satisfaction. I, I, I overdo it. Yeah. And when we try to hire people, we try to have people that feel similarly. Yeah. You know, and it's important. I know when I meet someone, you know, whether it be here at the office or somewhere for our first time to evaluate our process, we typically we're only working with higher network type clientele. And Earl, one of the things that I like, it's really the evaluation process. Are we right for you? Are you right for us? I don't know. We're not right for everybody. It's not everybody's right for us and that's okay. But I go through what I call the service target. And it's kind of similar because I I always like to say the idea is, you know, we have the service today. used to be service with a smile. Now we just have the smile and there's no service. Sometimes you don't even get the smile. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, it's just like, wow, you know, what has changed in our culture? So I love the fact that really what you're doing there, I think, and it matters is more than anything intrinsically, and you probably already know this, but yes, you're taking care of your consumers, your clients, your customers, which you probably already know the data. I mean, you know, last year, just in in America alone, there was uh, over 7,900,000 cars sold in America. And in your brand, I think the Camry was the top around 400 some thousand cars sold or something like that, I believe, in America, still the top this last year. Year. And one of the things that we've seen is the idea of customer service. You know, obviously, you know that when you service your clientele, they're going to stay with you generationally a lot of times, right? I mean, it's not going to be just one person. It's not just one sale. It's it's the idea of a, a relationship. And obviously, that's how we look at it. And one of the things that I love about what you're doing there is you're really empowering your employees. You know, I don't have 148 employees. We don't have a need for that in the business that I have. But one of the things that we do want to do is empower our employees to make decisions because you're allowing them to feel more confident in who they are. You're basically saying, yes, I believe you can do it. Yes. And here's what I want you to do. You take care of this. You can handle this. Yes, you can. And that gives them a lot of confidence. It causes them to become more vested. So, folks, if you're listening out there and you have employees, take it from this perspective, not just customer service, which is absolutely valuable, but empowering your employees is one great way to allow your employees to be ultra committed to you and to be willing to kind of work even a little bit longer than that eight hour day, so to speak, because they get what you're all about. Would you agree with that, Earl? Exactly. We call our employees internal customers. We have our internal customers, our external customers. We treat our employees as well as we treat our customers and vice versa. We listen to our employees. We ask for their input. Our weekly management meetings, all our senior managers, one of the primary things on our agenda is granting employee wishes. We have uh, wish boxes all around the dealership, and anybody that wishes that we would do something differently or better, they put the wish in the box. We even have competition between departments who has the most wishes, and then we try to grant as many of those wishes <laughs> as we can. That's we awesome. Do, and we do that weekly, and you'd be amazed at the great ideas we get. We don't call it a suggestion box. Mm-hmm. We just say, if you own the company and you would like to change something, what would it be? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily, I wish I had a brand new Earl's Toyota uh, car. <laughs> Once it's in a, a great while. You, 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 get that. It's the idea of if you own the company, what would you, again, it's empowering employees. I think it's great. What's another uh, code, so to speak, that you kind of live by that you found has been impactful? I don't know. It's not one of the codes directly, but one of the most important things we do is managers. And for me, all the way down, 
on my business card. I always brag I'm the only car dealer in the world that dares to put his home telephone number mm. on his business card. In my company, we have no secretaries. We have no answer machines. If you call uh, Earl Stewart Toyota at 2 o'clock in the morning, you get a human being. If you have an emergency, your car won't start. We take care of you 24-7. So we have total accessibility to me and all of our managers by anyone that calls. I could get a call right here on this show mm. because my cell phone, my telephone receptionist, if I get a call right now, the call will go through to my cell phone. If I'm not in the dealership, it will go to me and my cell phone. And, and that's true of all of our managers. No matter where they are, on their day off, anytime, if you want to talk to anybody, it automatically goes through. So we have total feedback from our customers directly without having to be circumvented to a customer relations manager or an answer machine or something like that. What have you seen the benefit to that with customers over time? Well, I've learned more from my customers. I know this sounds like a cliche. I've learned more from my customers in the past 10 years than I did the previous 30 years that I've been in the business. Mm -hmm. Customers really know what's going on. They know what's going on in the trenches. There's a Japanese expression called Hansai, H-A-N-S-E-I, the Hansai. Literally translated, it means go to the place and see. In the Toyota company, and in my company, Earl Stewart Toyota, we don't rely on managers' reports or computers. If I want to find out what's going on, I walk into my service department, I walk into my sales department, I walk into my parts department, and I see what's going on face-to-face. I have five red telephones, we call them the hotlines, (laughs) placed all around the dealership. Anybody picks up that red phone, it rings this red phone that I have here alongside me on the show. So it's total accessibility Mm -hmm. at any time, 24-7. People say, how can you do that? Aren't you overwhelmed with calls? No, people are respectful. One of the Earl Stewart codes is, if you trust your customer, your customer will trust you. Somebody's got to go first. Let it be us. Mm. You have to trust your customer. How can I give my home telephone number to all my customers? Aren't you going crazy? I hear this all the time. Don't they call you all the time? People respect that. They say, I'm not going to call Earl at home. I'll call him at the office or I'll call him on his cell phone. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. Once in a great while, I get to call at home, but I answer it and I mm. take care of it. So it's, it's amazing. If you trust people, they'll trust you right back. And I think that kind of leads into the idea of core values a little bit. We talked about that in the beginning. I, I want to share some of those. I think it's important. You know, really what makes up your character, what you're known for. And we were talking about that a little bit. And people see that in the community, which makes an overall impact, you know, kind of really that building approach. I love the story of the water pump, you know, the water pump. You remember back in the day where you had those old water pumps, you had to pump and pump and pump and pump and pump. And, you know, that's really the idea of, you know, those your core values doing the right thing repeatedly, 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 repeatedly. And you don't always necessarily see results right away. But if you stop, you lose that vacuum in the pipe. And all that water goes all the way back down. I know that I've seen that over the years of, again, put in, put in, put in, put in. And and I know a lot of the folks that we've interacted with, you know, in the last three, four, five years are like, wow, you know, from our perspective, all of a sudden, you know, we're everywhere. But they don't see, again, those years and years of being put in. So what would you say from your perspective, Earl, I know, you know, in, in relation to core values, what are maybe one or two things that are important to people to check themselves to say, okay, when they show up for work every day, this is what's a mission that I have and what you do, whatever their field, would there be one or two things that you would say would be important for people to kind of really implement in their and, and by the way it's this isn't something folks you can't fake it it's going to be part of who you are you're either that way or you're not if you're not that way it's going to show out somewhere in the wash at some point in time so it's got to be part of who you are and sometimes it's maybe it's even the idea of changing a little bit of who you are what, what have you seen there as far as valuable as far as core values to what you do 
I think it's more of who you are. Mm. Uh, you you can change who you are to some extent, but in terms of core values, you have to have. I think you're born with it. Hiring is my biggest challenge. I to find people that that have those core values. Basically, caring, truly caring about people, truly caring about customers, and being honest to a fault. You know, we tell our customers that we give them the price on the car. We tell them that we hope this is the lowest price, but we're not sure it is. We usually have the lowest price, but but you should shop and compare with our competition. And if you find a better deal, you should take it. That's a shocking thing for a salesman to say. Mm -hmm. But when you say something like that, you so shock your customer that you win the customer. You mm -hmm. build your brand. Mm -hmm. uh, you build your brand of integrity, which in the car business is very important because I don't know if you've ever seen the annual poll that Gallup does on honesty and integrity in professions, but car dealers rank either last or next to last or maybe third from last, mm -hmm. tied with congressmen uh, <laughs> and lawyers. Wow, so kind of way down there. Wow, wow. So that's... we have an integrity problem, and yeah. therefore by separating yourself by your, your honesty and integrity, mm -hmm. you build your brand among your competition. Well, we definitely see that in the financial world. I mean, that's a big hurdle that we have to come across too. We have to kind of come to an end. We got a couple commercials that you're going to be hearing soon, which is always exciting. Everybody loves commercials. But in the next segment, we're going to talk about some steps that you can take, some steps that you have taken also to separate yourself from the competition. You know, competition exists. It's always out there. So how can you separate yourself? We're also going to share some other thoughts that you're not going to want to miss. Stay tuned and we'll be right back. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com. And to see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review, call toll-free 866-943-2351. That's 866-943-2351. This is the Wealth and Health Show with Michael Wall. Welcome in, folks, to the Wealth and Health Show. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall, and we're here with Earl Stewart of Earl Stewart Toyota. And Danny's joined as well today. We're talking about a variety of different things in relation to business and success and how to make this business a success. By the way, you're not going to want to miss the show next week. We have some great guests coming on board to talk about some exciting things. I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag, but you're going to love it. So make sure you tune in next week for that one. And Danny, I know we talked last segment just a little bit about a Gallup poll and, you know, as far as ethical standards, honesty, and in other words, who trusts who, you know, when it comes yeah. to business and everything. And we, we found out that nurses are number one. And Danny used to be an attorney, still is, I guess, so to speak. <laughs> Attorneys are kind of far down there on the list. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, she's come over from the dark side. And now she's uh, partnered with me at Wall Laster and Company, where the focus there is kind of saving higher income earners, you know, thousands in taxes. Typically, by the way, folks, that's four or 500,000 a year plus that you need to earn to get a, see if you qualify for a second opinion. But you've probably seen that on the, on the legal side. We'll talk just a minute about that as far as this trust. I mean, lawyers are everywhere, right? Lawyers are everywhere. And you know, what's funny, Mike, is that my father has despised lawyers his whole life being <laughs> a businessman. And yet two of his three daughters are lawyers. Oh. So it's pretty funny. But there are, you know, just 
you know, maybe that's one of the professions, but every profession, there are people that give, you know, the others a bad name. Unfortunately, lawyers, it's higher. So that's why you always want to go and get second and third opinions sometimes, especially when dealing with those type of professionals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know Earl was talking about car salespeople, car dealerships are right up there, just under nurses, right, Earl? Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're way down there. Actually, if you look at the pool, folks, it's you can go to Gallup Pools and check it out online. It's quite interesting. Members of Congress, believe it or not, I'm sure you can believe it, are actually the lowest on the list as far as least to be trusted, if you will. I know even in our industry, the financial industry, we got to debunk that myth a lot. You know, and I think that's what's important. That's what I love about having different people on the show that have been successful in different arenas because, you know, what we know is not everything out there is good, but there are good things out there. You have to look for them. You have to search a little bit harder today. And, you know, I think, Earl, you were saying a little bit earlier just about the idea of connecting with customers and really kind of being real to them and, and giving them the honest answer. Hey, if you find a better deal, go somewhere else. That's okay. Even though to your knowledge, it's the best price. Just that forthcoming, you know, and I think that's one of the things that we've seen. I know that I've seen over the years that's worked well as well saying, listen, we're going to specialize in a particular industry. You know, we only work with clients that are higher net worth, you know, typically 50 plus. That's what we do. If somebody comes to us and they're not in our arena, we're going to be honest enough to say, hey, listen, we can't help you. And so you've kind of specialized in what you do, which is, I think, has given you the ability with your dealership to really kind of take the reins and bringing that level of service necessary to your customers. And we wanted to talk this segment, which I think is going to be a powerful one, talking about the idea of really taking steps to separate yourself from the competition. I picked up on something that you mentioned, Earl, a little bit earlier, and that is, you know, really dominating the car market in this area. You know, one of the things that I know that I see in my industry is there's a lot of big brands out there. And unfortunately, a lot of these big brands have big dollars to market and advertise and all this kind of stuff. And people are in a situation where they're in a financial cloud, really. So where do you find the right thing? Same way with cars and any other industry you're in. But what's really interesting is even though there is a fog out there a lot of times for consumers, if you are consistent in what you do, you will pierce that fog. Yes. And people will see that. Obviously, customer service is a big part of it. You know, being in a situation where you're you're kind of sharing your thoughts on a repetitive basis that matters, your philosophy. By the way, folks, if you want to learn a little bit more about Earl, you can go to EarlOnCars.com. That's his blog. He's been blogging for about 10 years. He'll tell you how to incorporate a workout in the morning to get the most fit. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, he's going to talk primarily about cars and just what matters in that industry. There's a lot of misconceptions, I'm sure, out there in the automotive industry like any other industry. And obviously, if you have a question about us or for us at any time for the show, feel free to visit leanonthewall.com or send an email to info, I-N-F-O at leanonthewall.com. But Earl, what have you seen other than customer service and some of the you know codes, so to speak, of the 10 codes, if you will? What are some things that you have seen over the years? You know, you saw your father do his dealership. You came in, he let you fail. You continued the process. You've seen success from learning from those failures. And now your sons are, and your kids are in the business, which is a great testament to what you've been doing. I think it's, it's great to see. I have four children. You know, I have a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and twins that are four. And my four-year-old, when he was playing basketball one time, he was playing basketball about the YMCA and I'm a personality, you know, kind of guy. And he was just kind of there looking around and doing it. I'm like, Hey buddy, what can we do to get you motivated? And you know, what he comes in, he says to me is he says, well, dad, I'd like to have my own business card. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as a business owner and you are, that's like yeah. music to your ears, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just kind of interesting. But what have you seen just some steps as you look back over the years of being in business that have really separated you from the competition? 
I think I do a little bit about what you do, Michael. I instruct and teach my customers. I, I think the ultimate level of customer satisfaction is when customers will come to you for answers mm. on anything, not just your product, but mm -hmm. um, other people's, the competitor's product. And I, you mentioned my blog. That's one of the ways I do it. I do a column for Hometown News. And I also have a weekly radio show. I've been doing the radio show. This is my eighth year. And I'm on 900 AM, The Talk, every Tuesday from 4 to 6. So from the Tuesday from 4 to 6, every week, I have a live talk show. And people call in and ask questions as to, you know, I've got about Hondas, about Fords, about Chevrolets, and Toyotas. I'm, it's not an infomercial. I don't try to sell my product. So I, I try to set myself up as an authority. A consumer advocate is what I am. And when you can be the accepted voice of authority on automobiles, purchasing, leasing, repairing, collision repair, anything about automobiles, then you've really arrived at the top of your profession and people trust you. And Toyota only has about 15% of the market. So when I'm doing my show on Tuesdays from 4 to 6, I'm talking to 85% of the people that aren't going to buy a Toyota and they know that. I think you have to take that. If you're trying to sell, sell, sell all the time, you get turned off. That's right. When people realize that you're trying to help them buy a Ford, help yep. them buy a Chevrolet, and then you really get their attention and you get their respect. What's in the best interest for them? I know if you go to our site, one of the things that you'll see, one of the slides there, there was a time I had the opportunity to share to a, a group of business leaders across the country on a variety of different things. And there's just a picture there, but I love, I'm bringing this up because I love the quote that we put on there. And, and the quote is, is the right education will lead to better results. And it's the idea of just what you said, teaching people. And that's obviously the ultimate goal of this show is to really help you folks out there live well in any economy, live well in retirement, make good decisions, and really put the practices in life. I guess I want to be a, a beacon in, in a time where there's a lot of uncertainty out there. You know, there's a lot of fears, a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of naysayers, a lot of net negatives. You know, we talked about that in the beginning, basically saying the sky is falling. And folks, is there a lot of things around us and in this world today that are just absolutely ridiculous? And the answer is absolutely. I mean, there really is. It's amazing. I love the verse that says, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? You know, And it's the idea of there's going to be things out there in life that are going to be challenges, but it's what we do with those challenges. Do we rise from it? You know, And that's really important. And I know, Danny, one of the things that I was so encouraged about when we connected is, even though you were working with a great law firm that has a lot of good history and you, you really had some good opportunity there, you decided that you wanted to kind of step out and take some risks and do some things that really matter to you in helping people. To tell us a little bit about that and why that matters as far as setting yourself apart. Well, I love how Earl spoke at the beginning that failures are kind of how he has succeeded. And that's kind of the same thing. I jumped out, you know, and, and I was hoping the parachute would go when I, when I jumped out of the plane, you know, but uh, yeah. it's today I'm able to, through our business, to help people save, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes every year. And it's a wonderful thing. And that's, you know, you can't be afraid to make mistakes because that's, you know, how you move forward, you know, in order to, and, and I love how Earl had mentioned earlier, you know, if you're not scared of what you're doing, then you're probably not doing the right thing. And that's true. If you're wanting to grow and you're wanting to improve your business, you can't be afraid. You have to be able to accept those failures and move forward from them and learn from them. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things that I've noticed over the years, and Earl, you've probably seen this, is the fact that appropriately lined values and habits as well, because the implementation of those values really comes out in our habits, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you can believe strongly about something, 
But it's the daily grind, so to speak, as they right. call it. You know, when you get up in the morning, when your feet hit the floor, and what's the first thought in your mind? And by the way, if it's negative, boy, you know, put something in place of there, whether that's that daily motivated, as you mentioned, or something else to replace that mind. Because remember, folks, your brain is very, very powerful, and it will hold whatever you put in it. It doesn't come up with ideas necessarily on its own until you start putting in and putting in and putting in and putting in. And the appropriate aligned values and habits will really make life fun, rich, and rewarding, right? I mean, I'm sure you've seen a lot of things. And as far as just even working with your sons now, tell us a little bit about that. What's so rewarding now that you're kind of to this end of the spectrum, they can kind of run, do their things. What are you seeing there that kind of really makes it sweet in life now? Well, my three sons didn't all just jump in and say, I want to come in the business with me. I had one. I had one natural car guy. That was my <laughs> middle son, Jason. And he worked with me from the time he was 15 or 16 years old. The other two had other ambitions. And my oldest son, who is my general manager now, Stu, Earl Stewart III, he wanted to be a anthropologist. So, hmm. you know, that was, he went to University of Florida and then he decided he wanted to teach. And then he went into another field of faux finishing. He's an artist. Oh, so, yeah. so he evolved. To answer your question, what made me the most gratified and happy about my sons coming to the business is they changed their mind about the car business because of the way I did business. Wow. And uh, Stu says something to me that brought tears to my eyes. He says, Dad, the way you do business now makes me proud to tell my kids, which are my grandchildren, what I do for a living. Hmm. And now even my grandchildren are talking about maybe coming to the car business. We built the brand where they would be happy to say, I work at Earl Stewart Toyota, whereas... You know, before that, they said, you know, when you stop and think about it, who tells their parents, when I grow up, I want to be a car salesman? Right. <laughs> I actually, you know, the funny thing is when I left college and I was done there and I came back home, I sold Fords for three months. Definitely not my cup of tea, which is <laughs> which was fine. But I was designed for something else and that's okay. You know, one of the things that I love there that you said about that being in the car business is simply this. Car salespeople, you know, on the Gallup pool as far as trust is way low. But one of the things that I learned a long time ago from my dad is simply this. There is always a need in any industry, whether you think it's clouded or not, there's always a need in any industry for someone else to do the right thing, and they're going to break through the noise. It doesn't matter if the industry is competitive or there's a lot of competition or not. If you continually do the right thing for people all the time, and that means sometimes not getting the business, and that's okay. But if you continually do the right thing all the time, you will shine. And the neat thing about that, folks, is even if you're in a situation where you're looking to start a company or you own a massively successful company and you want to go to the next level, keep that in mind. Doing the right thing day in and day out are what will come around to bring that success to you. But Earl, I want to, we got to wrap up here. The show's coming to an end, but I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Folks, again, if you have questions or you want to feel free to contact us, leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com. If you want to read Earl's blog, feel free to go to www.earloncars.com and also listen to him. Tell us again, 900 a.m. Tuesdays. 900 a.m. The talk, four to six every Tuesday. Absolutely. Earl, thanks so much for being on the show. I enjoyed every minute. Yeah, Danny, thanks for your thoughts. Thank you, Mike. And thanks again, folks, for joining us this week. And here's to living well in any economy. We'll see you next week. Information provided during the Wealth and Health Show is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. 
Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. With the volatility in the markets, it can be scary to know the right solutions for managing and protecting your family's wealth. That's why Michael and his team at Wall Financial Group work exclusively with higher net worth clients to engineer portfolios that minimize risk and maximize potential. For more information, visit leanonthewall.com and see if you qualify for a Living Well Retirement Review. Call toll-free 866-943-2351, 866-943-2351. 